Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking through a very small passage that has really caught my eye this week and really it's one that all of us will be familiar with. It's in Mark chapter 2. It's about the paralytic being lowered in through the roof. I mean, it's one of those stories where only in the Bible can you read this and go through it like it's a legit story. If you read this in any other book, if you read this in any other occasion or any other setting, you just wouldn't accept the story. So I want us today to try and read it from place. Not that I'm encouraging anyone to not accept the story. I want everyone to accept the story. But I do want us to engage with it as it actually is. Because if you don't read this and think it's nuts, I think you're too far gone. Because this is a nuts story. This is a crazy story. So we're just going to read through it. Mark chapter 2. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together. So there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, that they questioned him within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. He rose immediately, picked up his bed and went out before all of them. So they were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. I find this a really bizarre story. Not so much because of healing. You see healings all the time in the New Testament. This is a bizarre story for a number of reasons. So there is a paralytic man carried by four men. Now Jesus is in like the suburbs, in the burbs. He's, he's, he's out where the houses are because he is at home. Whether it's his home or Peter's home or Peter's mother-in-law's home because he's crashed there in Capernaum before. We don't know. But it just suggests like his home. So he's at his home. So he's not maybe in in the center where things are. There's a paralytic. Now, paralytics would do one particular thing. They would stay outside religious shrines. They would stay outside synagogues, church, what they would call churches, because you read it in the New Testament. When you read church, it's the word ecclesia. It's the same word they'd use for a synagogue and describe in their time. So not necessarily a Christian one, because obviously Christ hasn't got his followers together after his death and resurrection yet. He's at home. So there's no paralytic people passing by because they're paralytic for a reason. Like this guy can't use his legs. So somehow he is maybe at a shrine or he's at um, a, a religious site or he's actually outside a synagogue waiting on religious people so that he could beg. Now, I, I guarantee you today, if you were to walk outside that Catholic church right now, there is always someone begging at that door because they know that religious people can be have a particular bias or or conscious towards certain things and if you go in and you hear the holy scriptures and then you're walking past the person who's homeless begging on the floor that like there's a pull the love of christ compels us the new testament writers say for a reason he compels us so people always do that so this guy is probably sitting at either a shrine or a synagogue 
and he's going, hold on a second, any minute now, any minute now. And there must have maybe come into a situation where he's gone like, why is no one here today? Why is no one here? And then he's probably hearing a kerfuffle. Maybe people are going past leaving. People have no longer gathered at the synagogue. They've gathered at the house where Jesus is staying to the point the house is crammed, to the point that you can't get in the door, to the point that the outside is completely stacked. And then what I love about this, this guy is somewhere along the line, he's had a shift of being someone who tries to beg to receive money, to get food, to get sustenance, to someone who has implored four people to carry him. He has implored four people. And what's crazy, I've got actually four exactly in front of me today. So this talk is really apt. But he's grabbed hold of four people and he's gone, guys, if you could just get me to Jesus, if you could just take me to Jesus, the whole lid on my life, the glass ceiling can be broken through. If you could just get me there. And then these guys, whoever they were, would have carried this man a long way. They would have carried him from center of town, a key religious location, to the burbs, to Jesus's home. And when they get there, you, you, could, you could have accepted if at that moment they said, I'm really sorry, mate, we've come as far as we can go. We've carried you all the way here, it's been hard, but you can see for yourself, there's no way we're getting in. There's no way we're getting in. Look, it's not just packed on the inside, I've gone and take a look. It's packed on the outside, the doorway's packed, there's just no way into the building. And you could imagine the paralytic person being able to say like, hey, you know what, I appreciate it guys, you've taken me this far. Uh, maybe at the end as he walks out or if he leaves, I'll just be here and I might be able to get his attention. But then these guys do something which I just think is like the worst idea imaginable. And I'm not even getting to the ceiling, um, the, the roof yet. That taking a paralytic person onto a roof. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Like if you do parachute jumping, I never have, I never will in Jesus name. But if you do parachute jumping, the, the key thing they tell you when you fall at high, even with the parachute, it's all about how you land with your legs. Because you land your legs a certain way. If you don't do that, your legs are going to be completely broken and you could injure your spine uh, and you could die. Like, there are risks involved in this. You wanna lie, you wanna fall in a specific way. Taking a paralytic man onto a roof where if he falls, like, what is he gonna do? Just fall on his face. Like, he can't, he's not gonna be able to do much about it. He's just gonna go bang. And then he's gonna be in a world of trouble. They take him up onto a roof then when he's on the roof, they start taking apart the ceiling and the roof and they're pulling it off. And Jesus starts to see a hole above him. And what I love is when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say stranger. He didn't say dude. He didn't say geezer. He didn't say oh fella. He didn't say any of those things. He said, son, he said, son, it's like Jesus is letting them know he really is an extension of the father. And we think about the Trinity, in this statement you hear it, the fact that he would speak this clearly on behalf of the Father, that he would call this man's son and he would say your sins are forgiven. And it's when he saw his faith, when he saw their faith, he said to them, and it's their faith. It's not just the man, it's there, it's plural. And I think so often we leave each other or leave ourselves or leave someone we know to have the faith alone. And I think sometimes you just got to carry somebody. Sometimes you got to carry somebody to Jesus. Now there were some scribes sitting there questioning in their hearts. Now if there was one thing I would say, I would say I've grown up in around church and I've spent too much time around Christians 
who are questioning in their hearts. And I'm not talking about, and I'm not meaning that to like gun people down. I'm talking about people who are seen as spiritually mature. One of the signs of spiritual maturity that I've seen in churches has been an attitude like this, questioning in their hearts. And it's not questioning because they're seeking. It's not questioning because they're finding. It's a cynical attitude of Jesus because of maybe they haven't ever taken the risk of pulling someone up onto a roof. Maybe they haven't taken the risk or maybe they've grown stale. Maybe something happened, a disappointment in their life came and it rooted into their hearts but too often we see this attitude rather than the attitude of I'm going to carry this guy I don't care that it hurts I don't care that it's hard carrying him all this way it's a difficult thing to do I don't care that there's no way into the building I'm going to take him on top of the building I don't care that even when he's on top of the building there's still a problem of a roof there's this a complete different mentality from the four people that have carried him to the religious rulers and in the New Testament, sometimes I say this, we, we, we can these guys, the scribes, the Pharisees and that, you have to understand, they're probably people in the closest lane to Jesus theologically. So within their people group, they're in the lane closest to him. So often you hear church leaders and you hear Christians like canning these guys. No, these are good people. They're good people. So your alarm at their questioning shouldn't be to can them or to ostracize them and just write them off. The questioning should be, Am I questioning Jesus in my heart, in my situation? Am I not carrying someone to him today because the questioning in my heart is that I don't trust that he's going to do it? Have I put people down outside of their breakthrough, their miracle from Jesus because actually in here, I've got bigger questions about who he is? That's what we should be asking. We shouldn't be canning these people. We should be identifying with them. Too often we identify with the hero in the story. No, no. Identify with everyone in the story. Jesus wants you to look like him, so identify with him. Jesus wants you to be carrying people. Identify with those guys. Sometimes in life you feel stuck and you can't move yourself. You're going to need to start calling people out to help carry you there. You can identify with everyone in this story, but we cannot then look at the villains in the story and say that we don't have this question. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they question within themselves he said to them why do you question these things in your hearts which is easier to say to the paralytic your sins are forgiven or to say get up rise take your bed and walk but that you not you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to give, give sins he said to the paralytic I say to you rise pick up your bed and go home he's already given forgiveness to the man Jesus is now reaching out to the people with the questions in their hearts you see how he does that he meets everyone that's in that room and even those on the ceiling of the roof he meets everyone he meets the guys that have carried them seeing their faith he turns to the man they've carried son your sins are forgiven he forgives his sins then he moves to the unbelief in these people's hearts he doesn't condemn it he raises the question but he goes that you may know that you may know I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed, went out before them all. So they were all amazed and they glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. And that's the legitimacy of the story. <laughs> the New Testament writer is telling you the people going, we've never seen anything like this. But you and I read through the Bible and we read through this passage and sometimes we're like, we just glaze over it. Glaze over the wonder and we miss it because we're so used to just reading through this passage and just skipping ahead to the next one and moving to the next thing, to the next thing. We never saw anything like this. 
So today, we could have come from all different positions and situations in our lives. We could have come from a position actually where we are seeing people in our lives that we need to carry, but we haven't done it because the question in our heart, we haven't allowed ourselves to have the faith to go that far. And I believe that Jesus wants to speak to us about the people around us that God is calling us to carry to him. I believe that some of us are like, I've been carrying this person for a while now and I'm just getting to obstacle after obstacle. I just want to put them down. I want to have a bit of a rest. I want to take a bit of a breather. I believe God is saying like, he sees your faith and he wants to see you through to the end that you get to rejoice with the person who is going to receive the miracle he has. And then I believe there's the second part of it where we're looking at the side of questioning because all of us will do this at some stage and probably all of us will do this simultaneously. Have a question of Jesus which we would never vocalize or say but beautifully the scripture does it that it can release us, that it can set us free And that because Jesus wants to show us something, rise up, take up your bed and walk. When I think back to my teenage years, I really put my parents through it. Um, I really made some terrible, terrible choices. I got involved in all sorts of madness to have my parents awake up at night. And I remember, I remember I I was just, yeah, out with some really just mental people just getting in trouble and doing things that really really were not good and I remember sometimes I'd get home I'd be off my head clamber up the stairs I'd get into my bed and I'd hear mumbling in the next room I could hear the mumbling through the wall and 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 what it was was you see my parents were just going if we can just carry Andrew to Jesus if we can just get him from here he can't get himself here but if we can just get Andrew to Jesus I'd hear him praying and I remember at the time thinking, oh, get a life. No, I got a life. God gave me a life because they carried me. They carried me. And it didn't matter how bad things got. It didn't matter where things got to. My parents wouldn't stop. I could hear the mumbling in their bedroom. I could hear it. That is when they would pray and they would be praying to God for me. They would be praying that God would, would, would save me, that God would do something in my life, that God would change me, that God would meet me where I was. And you know what? It, it wasn't like that. It wasn't just an easy thing. They had to go through some hardship. They had to go through some real disappointments with me. They had to, they still go through some big disappointments with me. <laughs> My wife's cracking up, but she can. It's true. Huge disappointments. I still have to go around there every now and then and go, hey, this isn't the conversation you want to hear right now, but this is where I am and this is what's going on. And I've been such an idiot. They're still carrying me to Jesus. But I just want to say that I, Today we're here together and we're doing this and we're here together doing this for a load of reasons. But I can't ignore one of the reasons we're here doing this today is because my parents carried me to Jesus when I couldn't walk. My parents didn't give up on me when others did. My parents didn't lose heart and stop praying when it looked like you should stop praying. There's no point. He's making all the terrible wrong choices. But God said, son, your sins are forgiven. And he made me his and he made me his kid. And you know what? At the end of the story, rise up, take up your bed and go home. This earth is not our home and he is preparing a place for you and a place for me. And he is preparing a place for so many. But we have to play our role in being those that carry. We have to play our role in being those who don't give up. We have to play our role of if we have those questions, that's okay. But don't just keep them in your heart. Vocalize them to Jesus because he wants to speak to it anyway. And he will do. And that he wants to make us whole. I'm going to pray for us today. I want to keep it short and and, and succinct. 
Father God, I thank you that you are the God that sees someone who couldn't. You see someone who came in the roof and you caused them to walk out the door. You saw someone who couldn't walk and yet you enabled him to walk. You saw someone who felt like he wasn't your son and you made him your son. You saw someone who felt that they were crippled by sin and you forgave them of their sin. You saw someone who couldn't get moving and you got them moving. Father, you also, you saw the faith of those who carried. Father, would you help us to be people who see the faith in carrying? Because when you carry someone, it's heavy. When you carry someone, it's hard. When you carry someone, it's a long road that doesn't feel like it's going to have any reward. And then when the obstacles start stacking up, you just want to put them down and walk away. But Father, would you give us courageous faith like those four men that carried him the whole way there? Because if not, he would have been still outside a religious relic trying to get money from people. And instead, you not only released him, but you made him your son. Father, I thank you for those of us maybe today who maybe don't feel as close to you as we have before. Maybe we have questions about our sonship, our, our, our place as daughters and as, as children of the Most High God. Pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would come and speak to our hearts and remind us we are your children and we're forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light. We are the light, we are the light.